Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How'd You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Justine Blanchett, who is Senior National Programme Director for Grid Alternatives. Hi Justine, lovely to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Love your the title of your podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. So I guess we could dive straight into the questions and start off with an introduction as to who you are and perhaps an answer to the main question of the podcast, which is how do you do it and why should I care? Thanks for that question, especially the how should I care? Why <laughs> should I care? Um, so I think, um, how would I answer that? that question, a quick background on me. I actually, despite maybe the accent that you hear, was not born in the United States. I was born in Geneva, Switzerland. So I had the opportunity to grow up in a really international city. And um, you might be hearing my dog who's saying hi, who wants to be on the podcast too. She's a little jealous. Um, So I was born in a really international city and I basically got the opportunity to immerse with a lot of cultures. I myself am binational and bicultural, so got to really see what the world can offer um, very early on in in my life. And then over time, I got the opportunity to travel a little bit, so really opened up my eyes to the world and everything there is to see and really sparked a curiosity, frankly, for people. And so... That led me to study international relations. You know, like probably a lot of folks, I was like, I want to change the world. There's some problems. I want to fix them. And um, got out of school and then sort of, you know, reality strikes. You're like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, what do I do now? I have all these options. Where do I go? What do I do? This is a really hard choice. And for me, the path went to first in the international policy space and working with international organizations and realizing "Mm, that's not for me. I want the direct action. I'm going to get my hands dirty. And so I went to travel some more. I got that, that opportunity, quit my job middle of the 2009 crisis and was like, I need to do something different. This isn't working for me. And I landed here in California where I am now and um, started volunteering, trying to figure out I'm really interested in helping people. I want holistic solutions. I'm interested in the environment. I want to address inequities in the world. Who does that? Is there someone else who does that? And by volunteering, I ended up in the current organization I'm at, Great Alternatives, and have been there here with them for 10 years. And obviously, in 10 years, you don't solve everything. Um, but I'm really excited to be working at the intersection of, you know, sustainability and um, systemic inequities and really working with lower income communities and how to make sure that we're all, you know, sort of thriving in this world and having opportunities because we're not all born with equal opportunities. That's the reality. Mm, that's wonderful. And um, I guess my next question begs me to ask, what inspired you to join the social impact industry? I mean, was it a specific point in your life or was it a combination of experiences? It's a combination. I can't pinpoint one one moment. I think really thinking of we are the product of our upbringing, of our background, of what we've been exposed to and what we haven't. That's the reality. So it's sort of a mosaic of moments and peoples and 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 all sorts of things that add up to who we are today and who I am today is probably different from who I am in 10 years, I'm sure. You know, a lot of the things I realized today I was not aware 
when I was a kid or in my teens or, or so forth. I will say I give a lot of credit to the women in my family. Um, on my father's side, my grandma fought a lot for women's rights. And this was in Switzerland and uh, Europe in that context. And in parallel, in um, on my mom's side, my grandma fought also for, for civil rights and set up the Martin Luther King uh, Trust Funds in Tennessee, which was, you know, the South at the time. So that inspired me to sort of look at the world and the diversity it has to offer and how beautiful that can be and how also it made me realize there's so much that is out of your, your control and is determined by where you're born, what you look like, and, and so many other things. And then I think to add to that, my, my mother then so, sort of sparked the interest in like the environment. And I remember her telling me why you don't throw your trash on the ground and little things like that. So it's all that, those little things aggregated mm -hmm. that, sort, that got me thinking about like, I want people to thrive. I want the world to be a better place for, for everyone. And so that's, that's, I think, what inspired me to be doing the work that I do every day. Wonderful. And um, following on from that, you mentioned that a lot of people in your life, for example, your grandmother and your mother, really inspired your trajectory, you know, by small mm -hmm. things that they did. But I'm curious, what were the best resources that helped you along the way? People, community, humanity, honestly. Um, I think if you're open to asking for help and he hearing what people have to say, especially folks who are older, have more experience and really learning from them and learning from your experiences. I think that that is huge. The other piece is the mindset. Again, that curiosity, that learning. Um, I think that's part of what those folks instilled to me, into me. And, you know, keeping an open mind and we're, nobody's perfect. We're all a work in progress and just seeing it that way. Mm, that's a lovely way to see it. And following on from that, what would you say was one lesson that you wish you would have known before starting in the social impact industry? Mm. Oh, so many of them. Um, I'd say, first of all, there's not one designated path. If folks out there are really interested in those careers, there's not a designated path. There's so many opportunities to do this work in different places. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think of at an organizational level, we have a mission, um, but you have you need people in HR. You need people who are out in the doing the work in the community. We also need you know people who are looking at the law and the rules, and we need people in accounting. So, really knowing that there's a lot of paths and there's not a right path, um, and don't go into paralysis by analysis. Like pick what makes sense for you, and thinking of that overlap between what you love what you can get paid for, because that's the reality, and also what you're good at. I mm -hmm. think those are sort of like looking at, you know, those Venn diagrams from when you were a kid, yeah. looking at that intersection and being like, what ma what makes sense for you? And yeah. don't try to figure out the rest of your life. That's just not possible. Yeah. Exactly. Great piece of advice. And following on from that, um, thinking about the span of your career, what would you say was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? I'm not going to use failure because there's been different people who have given a different spin, but failure is only failure if you don't learn from it. Exactly. So that, that's the starting point to my yeah. answer. Um, I think not failure, but really huge learning lesson coming from Switzerland to the United States is I didn't realize how hard it would be to find a job. Obviously, it was after the crisis, 
the 2008-2009 crisis. However, I was, you know, maybe a little arrogant. I was like, I have a great master's degree. I have a lot of experience with a great organization or company at the time. It's This is going to be easy. And it, it was hard. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard and humbling. I also realized in hindsight that when you shift cultures, if you will, different things matter. Mm. And one thing I didn't realize that mattered a lot in the United States is network. And I had changed continents, so I had very little network. And that was the reality. And it's not necessarily fair, but that is how the world works here in the United States. And I learned that a little bit the hard way. So, you know, from there, it being humbling, I started with a fellowship. Um, And that's how I made my way into an organization. I was like, I'll do it. Take me. (laughs) I would love to be part of this mission and I'll take a fellowship as a starting point. Definitely. And uh, following on from that, what is one piece of advice that you would give somebody who is wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Talk to people. You'd be surprised how many people will open up their door, virtual door, particularly right now. Um, and talk to you. There's a lot of people that are passionate. Um, I've thrown out, you know, random messages to people on LinkedIn and be like, hey, you're doing this thing that looks really interesting. Can we talk about it? And obviously not everyone says yes, but quite a few people will be willing to chat, just like we are. Um, You'd be surprised. I think taking time to slow down, to kind of explore, if you have that privilege and opportunity to sort of figure out, like, where do I fit in this equation, what makes sense for me? Because there's, it's still such an evolving field. You know, in the last year with the pandemic, there's been a lot of racial reckoning, a lot of more awareness around, you know, the segregation that still exists today and all the inequities that exist today. And that there's, we have a lot of work to do, but same thing on the climate change front. And I don't know about you, but it's getting hotter here where I'm living. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so on all those fronts, we're figuring it out as we go. And so there's no, not a clear path and really f- figuring out where do I fit today or what am I seeing that doesn't exist? Mm-hmm. There's also potentially entrepreneurship opportunities. So the good and the bad, everything's possible. <laughs> yeah. And in line with speaking to people to get to know the industry a little better, what is one common myth about your industry that you would like to debunk right here, right now? Hmm. I would say I don't one myth is that it's not it's something that needs everybody. We all need to be part of the solution. This is like a gro- global problem and it, the pandemic showed us how interconnected we are. And so really we need to all together it can't be a separate thing that is the work of a few people. Mm-hmm. It really is the responsibility of all of us to create a world that is more sustainable, more equitable, and really, you know, where everyone can thrive. So I think if you want to call that a myth, that's how I would answer that question. Because we all want to be here in 10 years, 20 years. Um, Some cultures say essentially today we are borrowing from the future. And Mm -hmm. I really like that framing. Instead of depleting everything today, let's make sure that the future, we're borrowing from the future in a really responsible way that is more regenerative and really responsible. Mm. And um, I'm sure you're really busy at the moment, but what have you read or listened to recently that's inspired you? 
I am reading Isabel Wilkerson Cast, the the book Cast. Mm -hmm. If you haven't heard about it, it's it's yeah. a really interesting book that sort of looks at the U.S. landscape and compares it to the caste system in India. And I have traveled to India, so it's really interesting to see a lot of similarities. And it talks about you know the, the existing inequities and racial segregation that are in the U.S. history, but also exist today and on underlying and everything that surrounds us and thus are making it that it's not, everyone doesn't have an equal opportunity, unlike, you know, the model that is put out there for America. So that's a really interesting one. I really like the podcast, Brene Brown, Dare to Lead. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to think through like, how do we, how does leadership look like where it's authentic and healthy? So I would recommend both of those to anyone who's interested in either of those topics. Awesome. And um, you kind of alluded to this earlier when you mentioned that people were your biggest resource, but who are three people in your life who have been the most influential to you? And I'm sorry, it had to only be three. <laughs> can't pick. I can't pick. <laughs> three. Um, I'm not going to pick. I'm, I'm just not. I'm going to just appreciate all the people who have shaped and influenced me and been a part of my life, you know, sometimes in a fleeting moment and sometimes for a lot longer part of my journey and really being the the mosaic, the beautiful mosaic that they are. Completely valid. And then finally, to round off our conversation, what is one piece of advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point in your life? Hmm. I would say... You don't have to figure it all out. It's okay to make mistakes um, and seek help and just try your best. I think that that really is, you know, take the time to, to go slow and try your best. And like that, you know, you know that you've done your best. Exactly. Well, what a lovely way to end our conversation. So thank you so much, Justine, for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you. Really appreciate the time. Really appreciate all the guests that you've had and the great topic. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. Bye-bye.